Black Velvet is proud to sponsor Creative Habits Podcast. Black Velvet is a Black-owned family business providing skincare products, handmade, intentional, and designed to nurture the skin and body. Lather in luxury with our signature Black Velvet Shea Butter. Our base is raw shea infused with essential oils and vitamins to revive and enhance your natural skin's glow. We offer unisex options and a grooming kit to ensure quick and essential groom for daily application for any occasion or season. Try our Beard Gang Kit collection, perfect for a man on the go with notes of barbershop orange and essential oils to protect and nurture your beard growth. Visit us on Etsy at Shop Black Velvet or follow us on Instagram by Black Velvet. Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. for tuning in to Creative Habits Podcast. Today we have a special guest. Ashley Benjamin is a Maryland-based artist living between Baltimore and Washington, D.C. She knew she wanted to be an artist from an early age, following her dream by attending the Corcoran School of Art and Design. During her time at the Corcoran, Ashley fell in love with her mixed media and began combining conventional materials, such as acrylic paint with found items, and substances to create work that is visceral, complex, and deeply personal. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited too. And this is so awesome. I know the first time that we tried this interview, um, our connection was really poor, but hopefully I remember all of the great questions and conversations that we had and also add on to that because, um, you know, it's been a year. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to catch up. There's so much goodness happening. I can't wait to share it with you. Fantastic. It seems like a lot of people have really used this time to slow down and be creative. What has this quarantine life done for you? So I would have to agree. I've definitely was able to take the time to go inward and to really, when the pandemic started, I was in a position where I felt really uninspired and really disconnected from my practice. I didn't really know what kind of work I wanted to make. And then it really wasn't until we were all kind of forced to just take a step back where I started to like work in my sketchbook more, flip through ideas that I've been kind of putting on the back burner. And then really like bring out things that like maybe I've just had like an inkling to do whether it was like a portrait or a still life or just any kind of random idea and really just taking the time to put that out into the world and feel that creative energy again you know to really just connect with the ideas that light me up and doing the things that I want to do instead of what I felt like I had to do very nice 
Uh, let's talk about this YouTube channel. It yes. features your significant other since birth. Um, can yes. you share um, a little bit about um, that, when it started, why it started, how it started? Yes. So my YouTube channel with my twin sister, A&T Supreme, started last September. So it will almost be a year that we have the channel. And it became this additional creative outfit because I've always loved entertaining. Both her and I love being, you know, the life of the party and the source of laughter and silliness. And she has had a YouTube channel for, I think about seven years now. And so she was kind of used to the whole YouTube kind of climate and making videos. And I was a little bit newer to it. And it's just been this like fun, outlet to get our silliness out to have fun together to show people because you know my whole life she's my best friend and we have just always had such a strong fun vibe and to get to kind of spread that out into the world and share it with other people has been so fun so our channel has everything from mukbangs to unboxings to mm. makeup videos to i don't know if you would i mean cooking videos we have for whatever reason we're really into making dips so if you like to make dips we got you covered and really everything in between and it's just been such a fun space to play and share that with other people that's fantastic i was a little bit apprehensive about um you know our day and age transitioning into yeah. a very virtual world yeah. but i feel like the benefits of that has been people connecting that would have never connected without that. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So that's totally amazing that you're able to be able to, you know, put that content out and know that, you know, you can have someone in Spain or <laughs> Ghana right. watching it. Right. And just right. being able to use that platform to, you know, grow a network or an audience. Exactly. And I love, like, I've always been a people person. So I love face-to-face -face interaction. I love mm. being with people in person. And that really, you know, hurt me during the pandemic because we couldn't see our friends and our family and, you know, people that we love to see all the time. And it really has been such a great way to still connect with people without, you know, having to be together. And it's, you know, at, at first you feel like, oh, it's just a superficial thing, but we were able to have a sense of community and be able to cultivate it's little but it's something i mean we've got like 56 or 57 subscribers wow that's amazing so that's very amazing <laughs> we are super excited and they're you know it seems like people are enjoying what we're putting out and that's just even better so fantastic yeah. so going back to your art um practice i love seeing how you organized and curated your work on social media but even the space you have created for yourself online what is most important for you as an artist when it comes to the business side so organization for sure has been my most important uh aspect that i've been really working on and you know everyone starts from somewhere and i kind of went from having just like notes in my phone to just like how much people have paid me and how much i'm putting away and you know sort of collecting receipts but sort of not to really just trying to get thorough and even if that meant going from you know iphone notes to a google spreadsheet you know and you don't even have to go full into doing like any fancy software but just really trying your best to keep track of those little things i know they seem like intimidating or even just things that don't matter but really just 
if there's a way that you can go from like sloppy to just a little bit more organized, that makes a world of difference because it's really informed the way not only I function in my business, but the way I price things. Mm. I know that pricing is a really big thing for artists to figure out. And when you can actually look at your expenses and be like, oh, this is actually how much it costs to make a painting or mm -hmm. a print or whatever you get more informed and then you can really step into more of a like business owner manager sort of role in addition to your creative artist self you know definitely let's talk more about that because i know that is a significant challenge for all artists how do you price your art and i know that you know there's no expert way or like no one way of doing things as an artist, but what would you recommend or how did you start figuring out how to price out your work? Yeah, so I, you know, like you said, there's no perfect formula. And what I've been told throughout the years is like, you know, you want to consider the cost of your materials and obviously your time. But the biggest thing that I've done, so like I itemize, so for example, for like uh, a painting, I will obviously write down, you know, the cost of the surface and brushes, paints, things like that. But I've started to keep a log of time in my phone actually mm. of how long things take because I used to kind of just like make a number and kind of estimate, but I figured out an hourly rate that I want to, that I feel comfortable charging and then keep note of how long things take. And not only that, because I think we have a tendency, myself included, to charge low and yeah. to really undersell your work. And the thing is, you have to honestly step back and say, hey, this painting took me 40 hours or this took me a hundred hours and it mm -hmm. is what it is. It's worth every penny. And you have to consider the price of varnishing, your shipping materials. So uh, I collected all of that information and then was able to kind of see what really was fair and mm -hmm. accepting that people are going to pay it. And I know it feels like we have to minimize because it's going to be, you know, I, I want to be accessible. Everyone wants to make work that everyone can enjoy. And you have to find a balance though, to pay yourself, to compensate yourself properly and give people what they want. And you just got to trust people will pay for it. People will see the value in your work and what you do. And that's the other thing too, is the, the bulk of your value is metaphysical, right? Like people see my work and they get excited. They feel alive. They feel inspired. That is something that it's so hard to put a price on because mm -hmm. that is, I mean, every artist wants your work to feel that way or to make somebody feel like they can just put you, add a piece of you into their space, into their life. And you have to consider that as well in your price. So it's kind of a combination of all of that. And then just standing in your truth and being secure that like, this is my price. This is fair. This is what I'm asking for and I'm sticking to it. Fantastic. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, then that's my question too. How do you find your audience? Because you did mention there are people out there that are willing to pay what you're worth. Yeah. So how does an artist go about finding that audience? What what do you what do you recommend? Yeah. So this is actually a piece of like I've taken a lot of in the last, I would say last three years, I 
I've on and off taken a lot of like small business courses and coaching and things like that. I'm actually working with a creative business coach right now, Julia oh, wow. Baldwin Taylor, who has helped me with this particular piece. So when it comes to, cause that's a question I get all the time is like, how do you find the people to buy your work? And a big piece of that is identifying your ideal collector, your mm -hmm. ideal clientele. And that could be, you know, and, and down to like, get really specific. How much is that person making? Where do they live? What's their life about? And being able to understand, because it can be, again, like when you think about like, I want everyone to appreciate my art. Well, everybody does, you know, mm. and that's why we have social media. That's why anyone can follow you and look at it and comment and like and whatever. But when it comes to, purchasing your work, understanding that, you know, it can't necessarily be for everyone. So who is it for? And I like I've noticed a lot of people who invest in my work now are salaried mm. uh, tech people. I have a lot of people in like the tech industry, engineers, scientists who collect my work. And it's funny because I ultimately when I post things, I know that people really enjoy my process and just who I am. Mm. So when I post on social media, I'm trying to, and, and trying to do this more in videos and uh, story posts with me talking, like really, really conveying myself and knowing that when I am genuine, people see that and they want to be a part of that. So when mm. they buy a piece of work, they're kind of like buying a piece of me. I so yeah, yeah. Definitely. So now that we've known your audience, which is quite interesting to me, like I wouldn't have thought tech right? and scientists and, you know, that type of clientele, yeah. but what does your art represent? So my art really is a physical, physical piece. It's almost like, um, sort of manifestation in and of itself of this goodness of energy that I feel around me and mm. the manifestation process. If I can be totally honest, I mean, I really have felt such a, in the last couple of years, just feeling more connected to a spiritual sense or just feeling like I can really have anything that I want and mm. working on how to move that into the world. And I genuinely feel like art is the way, one of the ways that I can do that. And so I feel like my work is a representation of this like metaphysical energy or my experience in manifesting and understanding where I am in the world and just mm. what it means. I like growing up, I didn't have like any kind of like religion or spiritual doctorate. You know, I kind of like, have been on my own journey, which has been really fun. Like, I don't feel like anything's been pre-written for me. So being able to kind of navigate, like just how I feel about everything from like life and death to living, to having children or having the love of my life or whatever, um, art has always just been that space for me to get that out into mm -hmm. the world. And, um, kind of figure it out for myself. I feel like in a way my works are like, um, they are just always, they feel like they're moving and they feel like they're kind of bubbling. And so I really love the, it feels like you're watching something in action. Mm. And that's 
yeah, that's how, that's what I wanted to feel. That's how I'm feeling now. So. I love that. Yes. So speaking of manifestation, I know that a lot of manifestation um, comes with the process of self-care, the process of, you know, internal analyzation. We are living in a time right now where mental health is at the forefront of our daily self-care necessities. Um, but since it is Mental Health Health Awareness Month, I did kind of want to continue this conversation. Um, how are you feeling? And I know this time has been hard for artists, but how did you seek peace or how are you seeking peace to continue to be able to do your artistic practice? Yes. So I love this question because this is also something that I've really been trying to work on too. So as someone who has had depression, anxiety, you know, uh, my medications really helped, right? You know, Lexapro mm -hmm. has been a huge, there's nothing wrong with medication, y'all. If you are on medication, if you are thinking about it, get on it. It is such a great tool. One um, more time. Number say one, one more so time. Take care of yourself. <laughs> get on medication and take your meds people i know you're feeling good don't stop though it's it's <laughs> what you need to be doing so um and go to therapy damn it go to therapy i know even if you don't want to you got to do it so i have definitely been prioritizing self-care and that includes rest and that has been something that as an artist too i used to feel like i always have to work right and i always beat myself up for anything if i wasn't making money or working to make money i could be taking a nap watching tv and in the back of my mind i'm like you should be working what are mm. you doing so i have started to understand that rest and self-care is a necessity for success it's not a reward it is literally just like getting up in the morning and eating and showering it is a necessity to create and funny enough like yesterday all i did was sleep all i did was relax all i did was just let myself do what i needed to do i didn't push i didn't guilt trip and really just letting yourself do what you got to do and not feel like you have to be you know always doing something or always working or you know extending yourself or feeling like you know hustling is something that you have to do i think that there's like a healthy level of hustling but then it's not what most people think so taking Definitely. the time for yourself listening to your body being patient with yourself too i mean when I first, you know, the pandemic started, I got a job at Trader Joe's and I slowly but surely ended up being a sign artist there. Um, and on the one hand, it was fun because I get to make art and get paid to make art. But then I would come home and I'd be like, I don't want to touch another fucking thing. If I like, I don't want to see a painting. I don't want to see a drawing. I don't like, I am, my hands are hurting. My back hurts. Like I'm trying to do anything. And that was hard for me to to accept and be gentle with myself because it's like look you have a job too it's okay if when you get home from your job you don't want to paint immediately it's okay if the next day you don't want to paint so just being patient with yourself know that you'll get to where you want to be and you'll get in a different rhythm when you're ready to but for the time being like you're doing your best you're doing mm. what you got to do and that's all you can do and that's all good that's more than enough Thank you. Thank you for that. Cause that's 
Absolutely true. <laughs> I think um, a lot of a lot of us artists are very hard on ourselves, um, whether we're doing a full time job and trying to get the work done afterwards, or if we're a full time artist and you know things are getting a little overwhelming. We do, yes. have, yeah, we do have permission to stop. <laughs> and I want to say too, I think there's a lot of shame in regards to like having a full time job or a part time job and being an artist and. There is no shame. You know, if anything, my job, my day job has opened so many doors mm. for my business and my practice. And artists should be open to that. Cause I like, and I used to beat myself up over that too. Like, I'm not a full on business owner. Oh my gosh, I must be failing. It's like, this is your process and it's okay to fund your future. Okay. Yes. It's okay to it's do okay. that. It's, I mean, and, I, I respect that more than someone who just goes head on in and then, you know, isn't prepared. So take your time. Don't feel like just because you see someone on Instagram who dove right on in that you can't walk mm. into your process. Okay. It's okay. If you take it one step at a time, because we're all doing that. I definitely had to do that where I went from full-time to now part-time and then eventually I'll be full-time artists in my own business. So it's all good. Don't hate yourself for having a day job. For God's sake, it's helping you out. It I love really it. Is. Ben Jim has given us the gems. Hey, look, <laughs> I can. You know it. So, what was your childhood like? How did your childhood influence or inspire you to be a creative? So, I had such a wild imagination growing up. So, my sister and I and our like surrounding neighborhood kids. I mean, my best friends all lived right around us. And it was always a group of like eight of us that were always doing something. It was like one day we were playing house or playing, you know, Disney or whatever to the next day we were a girl group and we were making songs and dances to just exploring the creeks and the woods and getting into all kinds of dirty adventures and just, you know, the way that kids do. And I really felt like I had a childhood that really fostered my imagination to go wild. And I did a lot of drawing and I really liked art as a kid. I really loved music and, you know, you know, everyone, I feel like had this dream of like being Britney Spears or the next Beyonce or Destiny's Child, you know, and I really, and that's part of why I love like performing and entertaining is because I really enjoyed like, uh, you know, having shows for my parents, right? Or like lining up all my Barbies and stuffed animals and putting on a performance. So I really feel like I, it really has contributed to how I feel like I can put myself out there or just know that, you know, cause I think we don't put our, our authentic selves out there cause we're afraid of what people are going to think. Right. And we don't want people to judge us, but I felt like I got to love myself a little harder when I was younger mm. and be able to accept that I am a little quirky. I am a little weird. I am a little different, but so is everyone. And people will love me for it regardless because I love it. And I love me for that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. did you, did you receive any formal training in art at all? I did. So I took, I took art all through, uh, like all through elementary school, middle school. And then I was in like AP art in high school. And I, other than that, I mean, that was the bulk of my training. And then I just kept doing it on my own. Like I mm. loved it. I loved drawing. I loved painting. And 
I mean, I, I was so prolific as like a senior in high school, I got my hands on all the materials. And I mean, I like I work in my sketchbook now, but oh my God, I was just always doing something and um, just being supported. I had really great teachers. I had really great friends who also really loved art. And that helped me too, because it, if I didn't have that support, I don't think I would have necessarily believed that I could do art in a mm -hmm. serious way, in a professional way. Mm -hmm. And I, if I could tell myself anything when I was 16, be like, bitch, you got this. Like, yeah. you, you're going to do this. You won't believe it, but it will be your reality. It's yeah. And that really helped just helping me get to where I am right now, for sure. So how did you hear about the Corcoran and what made you apply to the school? So I, as someone who grew up in Maryland, the big art school to go to is Micah. And for mm -hmm. some reason, the 17 year old of me was like, I'm getting out of Maryland, but I'm not going to go too far. And at the time, I, I actually went to the Corcoran as a field trip in my high school art class. We went to see the school and the museum and all that. And I just loved it. I was like, this is so cool. It's so small. Like I, I thought that all colleges were just big universities, but it was actually this like community. It had all these resources. I mean, we had a, you know, film developing lab, a color film lab, ceramics, metals, anything you wanted, it was there. And to also like what sold me on the Corcoran too was just the museum aspect because there was a part of me that was like maybe I'll be a curator maybe I'll do that and then when I learned about all of that I'm like hell no I just want to <laughs> I just I don't want to get in on that I, you know but I yeah I first was exposed during this field trip and then around the time of like applying to things I was looking at it again I liked that I was kind of far enough from home, but not too far. I kind of still felt independent. And I just loved being able to go right into this like really close knit, really strong community of artists that, I mean, inevitably became a launching pad for so many opportunities and so many doors have just like bursted open from going there. So yeah, I, I fell in love as soon as I got there and you know, the rest is history, right? Likewise, I feel like it's very rare for art schools to have a museum that it's affiliated yes. with. And the yeah. fact that we had, you know, the basement that was, you know, strictly our classrooms and everything, but then lunch break or, you know, a few minutes before another class, go upstairs, look at the gallery and just yeah. the work that was there um, was so inspiring on a daily basis. Yeah, for my, my personal practice, and I'm sure for yours as well. Yes. Oh, mm. absolutely. Especially, and it was so great when you were in class or just in between when you were brainstorming, there were always those, like, for me, like in between projects and classes where it's like, okay, let's start sketching fresh ideas. And I'm like, I have nothing in my head. I have no <laughs> idea what I want to do. You could pop upstairs and see the video installation, the classic paintings, whatever, and then just feel those juices. And all you had to do was go upstairs. It was yeah, yeah definitely. We were we were so lucky and so so spoiled. I love. I know. It. I I I didn't realize that until I graduated and started you know working, because yeah. the one thing that I feel like the Corcoran did train me on that has stuck with me forever is being able to tolerate five hours or like ten yeah. hour days because we were in class for so long 
And it wasn't, you know, one course would just be five hours and then you would have to go into another class that was five hours. <laughs> oh my God. No, those, those double days. Yeah. Were, no, no one knew. And cause none of their schools were like that either. Mm -mm. Nobody mm -mm. talked to other people and they're like, oh no, it's a, it's an hour class. It's a two or a hour seminar. Class. Yeah. Or a short seminar. No, we I'm were like, in there. I'm Mm -hmm. dying i had <laughs> yeah exactly it's like i haven't left this building in 12 hours like i slept Definitely. here overnight exactly i slept overnight i don't know how many times i can count but also the fact that lunch was a cigarette yes, <laughs> you know? yes girl ain't that something ain't that yeah something, right oh my god the little, ca the little cafe nearby too all you need was a right. cup of coffee and a smoke and that's it that's and it go right on. back to class <laughs> So I want to talk more about your artistic practice, specifically yeah. your work. Um, what I've noticed that, is that you rarely use one medium in a piece. Um, I want to know why, and I want to know, um, you know, what that process is like for you. Yeah. So I, you know, I've never been formally diagnosed with ADD, but I wonder if I have it just because it's for whatever reason i've always been like a multidisciplinary artist i just i love working with different materials and even when i go into like a period of just acrylic painting or just collage after a while i have to get out like i have to do something different and something about my process especially with like the mixed media pieces is i like to start off really loose and flowing so acrylic paint like whether it's right out of the tube or if i mix it in with a little medium or something in a cup and then pour it like there's something about starting with like paint and just pushing this raw material letting it get messy letting it bleed over the edges letting it kind of overlap and pool and whatever at the very beginning just a, usually something like looser or even that's when i will throw in like a you know whether it could be makeup it could be borax it could be some other kind of random substance that i've collected in my studio or other kinds of paint fabric paint or gouache or whatever um will be like the first thing and then i love to then slow the process down a little bit and get tighter mm. so that's when i'll incorporate like more of like drawing mediums so like posca markers charcoal colored pencils it's like i get into this like second wave of just um i mean it could be a little bit looser too but they it tends to be more tighter decisions things that feel a little bit more um uh, i guess a little more focused and more mm. deliberate and less like i love to base the shapes that i draw out of what came out of this like intuitive first layer so um yeah and then i guess like my third wave of those pieces is just kind of like tightening up loose ends or just getting more like into that headspace of like i'm deliberately trying to make something that looks okay before i put it out into the world so yeah i and i love that mixed media allows for those different speeds and those different kinds of uh thought processes where mm. i can kind of collage in one moment get really technical in the other and kind of bounce back between the two very nice so we've talked about material We've talked about uh, the process and we've also talked about what your art is about, but what really fuels you to continue this process as an artist? Like, why are you doing this? And do you feel like 
you have a specific purpose as an artist? Oh yeah, so art, and I knew this from a very young age that I was, if, if there's one thing I'm supposed to do is to be an artist and to be a, I guess we would call it a visual artist or a fine artist, someone who's making like art objects. And I always knew that my gift was meant for something. And, you know, over the years, it's always, I feel like that meaning or that purpose has shifted, but it always kind of leads to this. I know that I'm supposed to be giving off this loving energy, this positive, creative, juicy goodness. And that's just who I am as a person. <laughs> yeah. Making art is such a good way and a tangible way to like spread it to the world and show people. And I feel like I'm also supposed to, in my journey as an artist, be able to inspire other people mm -hmm. and to be an example of what's possible. And not just like a, in like an abstract dream kind of way, but it's like, no, you want to be a business owner? You want this to be a thing? I'm here for that. And something I love in this like journey of me, you know, building my creative business and figuring out all the things that I can do. I really hope to be able to teach and be able to give resources and be someone that lifts other people up. I love doing that anyway. I love being just an encouraging, genuine, sincere force of love. And I, I think part of, yeah, my purpose is not only to like show that in my work, but to be that person for other people artists and other people who are interested in doing the same thing that I'm doing. Very well said. And I think the way that you described yourself is quite accurate, Ashley. Like I do feel like you have that spirit and that just um, overall generosity um, just as a person. And I think that's great that, that you're willing to share yourself with the world because yeah. that's, that's quite vulnerable, but you know, sure. I commend you for doing that. Yeah. I love giving and you know, everyone is when, when you realize that everyone's just doing their best and, you know, no one does it perfectly. I've definitely mm. made mistakes, you know, along the way, and they've been costly mistakes, both like money wise and time wise, but like, I just love being able to share and having, you know, a sense of, you know, just that I can be someone that you can go to. Cause I've had questions this whole time and you feel like you're all, all alone and you don't know where to go to or who to ask. But if I can be someone that makes that process a little less confusing and a little less scary, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. And that is perfect for what I'm going to delve into now is have there been any lessons you've learned as an artist, um, that have helped you navigate life just in general, or um, that have taught you something significant that you that is going to keep or stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, putting the things that you love to do first will always, always help you out. Anything if you have so as a mixed media artist, right? Like I'll get in these waves of like making abstract work, right? So let's say I've been painting all this abstract work, I'm working in a certain style, and then all of a sudden I get this burst of inspiration that's like paint a sunset. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> that's not related to what I'm doing right now. I can't, I can't work on that. And that little thing just doesn't go away. And I over the years used to put that down and be like, that's not who I am. 
I'm not going to do that. And guess what? That thing cycles back around. It could be six months later, a year later. And so when I finally am like, fine, I'll paint some clouds, you know, I don't know why it's not related to anything. And then I put it into the world. That's when everything that I want in my practice just shoots up. And that's part of the kind of manifestation attitude as well, is that when you listen to that guided voice and you listen to that inspired, you know, just that nudge and those pushes and you don't lock it away. And even if that means just putting it in your sketchbook, you know, just honoring that idea and mm -hmm. that flow, even if it feels like it's going to pull you out of what you're doing now, it's necessary for whatever reason it needs to come out. So honor that, you know, don't, don't feel like you are limited, you know, to doing one kind of style or one kind of thing. Cause that's something that I was struggling with too, you know, especially I've been getting a lot of portrait commissions, right. And I love portrait painting and I love all of that, but I have all these other kind of wild and random and, you know, totally unrelated ideas. And instead of being like, that's not me, or I'm just going to be one kind of artist, I'm embracing all mm -hmm. of it. So don't, don't feel like you have to just be one kind of person. And that's why I don't, you know, as far as like a business, uh, the way you present yourself, like as a business on social media, I just do one page. I don't have like a separate page for this and a separate page for this, because Another thing I've learned is that when people invest in you, they are investing in all of you. Mm -hmm. So they're getting there. It's Ashley, the painter, the drawer, the collager, the wearable art maker, the YouTuber, the lover, the, you know, positive energy giver, the light, the shining, you know, sunshiny person. It's everything. So embracing all of that is always a good thing. It's never going to pull you back. It's just going to keep you pushing forward. I love that you said that because I needed to hear that. I hate, hate doing commissions with a passion, but that's, <laughs> that's, you know, mostly the work that I get. And yeah. what you mentioned with, you know, someone asking, oh, play, please paint a sun or paint this, paint that. It's like, oh man, like it's kind of pushing me away from the things that I actually want to do. Yeah. But that's what maintains stability. And then also what you've been saying about sharing a piece of yourself with the world, even though you hate it, people love what you create. And, you know, despite you having um, <laughs> a despise for like, you know, random things like clouds or yes. painting a superstar, it it's still a piece of you in that painting. You yes. know, it's still a piece of you that you're giving um, to yes. other people. So I can definitely humble myself and really <laughs> acknowledge that that is also something that is um, part of who we are as artists is that we're, oh, yeah. we're healers, we're healers, yeah. we're um, creatives, but we're also, you know, giving people hugs with our pieces or giving yes. people a sense of clarity or peace, whatever. But yes. it's a part of ourselves that we're sharing with others. Absolutely. And I totally 100% resonate with that. Like, mm. oh commissions. Cause I feel that way too. I mean, so I am, I've got like eight projects to try to finish by September because I've put my, I've piled my plate pretty high and I, you know, it, it's hard to get super excited about them because you are stepping out of your usual flow. And mm -hmm. even though it's something that you're good at, you know, it's even hard for me to start doing commissions sometimes because it's like i don't feel inspired i don't feel it, like energized or really connected to this but something that i also come back to again is just 
the value that, you know, you're making something that's going to be cherished forever. I mean, how, how valuable is that? I mean, someone, if it's a portrait, if it's, you know, that's, that's something that's going to be in someone's family for generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and what an honor it is that someone can trust you to do that. And, believes in you and supports you not only financially but energetically absolutely to do that and that will be that little piece that's like okay let's do it <laughs> like, exactly out of a way you know yeah and now that i think of it it's more fear than hate of doing a commission yeah. because it's also yeah. like oh my gosh like am i worthy of give you know yes. gifting you with yes. what i have <laughs> to get oh yeah and yeah i mean it'll take me months sometimes because I have those blocks absolutely mm -hmm. to be like, I don't even feel like I'm good enough sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and even if I can say the imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. that I think a lot of us feel, especially with commissions, even mm -hmm. though you have the proof that somebody wants you to paint something, you don't feel like you're good enough for it. And it's such a big mind fuck. It's like, how did this happen? But yeah, I mean, it's just the truth. People want it and you're able to do it it and it just takes you know the more commissions i do the stronger the more confident i feel i think it's yeah. just gonna take time but yeah you are not alone in that that is absolutely <laughs> something i struggle with for sure so ashley we're now running out of time but before we conclude um i wanted to ask you one final question and then um my partner came up with this amazing game um okay. <laughs> So I will tell you how the game is played and then we can just go ahead and conclude. So how can we support your artistic journey and follow your career as an artist? So you can right now follow me on Instagram and that is Ash Van Gem, A-S-H-V-A-N-G-E-M. So I'm in the process of reworking my website and starting an, like an email newsletter. And I will actually share with you that I'm going to be making prints for the first time ever. So like in my own, like I've done like Society6 and things like that, but I'm actually going to be printing my own or getting them printed and selling them for the first Love time. That. So mm -hmm. definitely follow me on Instagram. I will be sharing all of the goods that's coming. And then, you know, when the newsletter comes out, be sure to sign up when the time comes. So that way you are the first to know when things are dropping and when things are happening. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. So the way this game is played, um, it's called this or that. Um, and you can pick um, one or the other of whatever that I'm going to ask you. So I wanted to, to start off this question with um, what we've already really been talking about, but um, would you either choose to be commissioned to do an artist or sell your own personal work? Sell my own personal work, yep. Okay, um, I would ask Georgia O'Keefe or Judy Chicago. Oh, Georgia O'Keefe. That's hard. <laughs> Yayo Kasama or Kande Wiley? Kande Wiley. Oh, for sure. I'd pass out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I couldn't even speak. Are you kidding? Oh, Lord. I'll never forget the 30 or yeah, 30 American show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Talk about a just life changing exhibition. And we got to just be right there for it the entire time. Oh, amazing. So I sense that you're a 90s baby. Um, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? 
in sync for sure <laughs> for sure oh that was really hard for me yeah i would have said backstreet voice i love them both but i would have said backstreet oh, voice absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah um collage or pen and ink collage that's hard but collage yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Would you rather curate a show for your ultimate favorite artists or have your own solo show and have your favorite artists attend? Oh, <laughs> oh, I think, you know what? Oh, these are great questions. I, you know what? No, I would have the solo show and have my favorite artists attend. It would be so cool and such an honor to be like, you inspire me. Look at all the ways you've informed me. I hope you can see it. And if you can't, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. You I hope, so <laughs> yes, I hope that we can, you know, see each other soon, maybe go out for lunch and, you know, just kick it. <laughs> I would love that. You say the word, girl, I'm there. Yes, oh fantastic. God. All right, well, all the best to you. I know that you are doing fantastic. Even since the last time that we spoke, please continue and um, just have a wonderful, wonderful year. <laughs> Thank you, you as well, my love. I love Take you care. so much, girl. Likewise, I love you too. Bye-bye. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for listening. Here is your quote of the day. Patience is the compassion of wisdom. St. Augustine. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and have a good day, people. Peace.